Hey everybody, it's Sarah, and this is a very special episode of Well, This Isn't Normal. You will note this sounds a little bit different because I didn't send it to Engineer Jonathan. Um, I'm just recording the audio myself here in Los Angeles, and I'm just going to put it up because um, I wanted to get this out as soon as possible. Uh, because I think it's important. So this is only me on this episode. There won't be any guests, but I will be sharing some wisdom from other humans right now as we see protests unfold around the nation in response to the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers, but also more widely as a response to, um, you know, four or five centuries of black people living under white supremacy in this country and what that looks like and how that's different and how the term white supremacy does not just refer to KKK people in hoods. It also refers to structural racism. It refers to personal racism. It refers to a lot of different things, uh, some of which are vastly more nuanced than what we see in the major Hollywood blockbuster white savior films that get awards and the such. So first off, I want to start with myself because that's a good place to start, I think, when we are sharing complex ideas. And I will tell you that the show is called Well, This Isn't Normal, but this is normal. This is normal for a lot of people in this country. This is normal for our country. This is America, indeed, and has been America always, always, always. This is not new. So... I wrote this thread on Twitter. I'm going to put it on Instagram as well, but I'm going to share it here too. I said I would not censor anybody's choice to show the reality of what racism does in America, but I am conscious of the fact that I am not Emmett Till's mother choosing that open casket so the world would see what white supremacists did to her baby. I also understand that some people need to see and hear the real brutality of racist murder to get it. I find that deeply disturbing, and it seems to indicate quite a lack of compassion, but if it gets you there, it gets you to the right place. However, I would say to other white friends, and this is directed specifically at white people, I think a lot of this is stuff that black people and other people of color already know, but I can't speak for them, and I would never try to. This is just a white lady talking to white people. If you're not a white person listening, feel free to um, have a snack, take a nap, file your nails, whatever, or listen, hey. However, I would say to other white friends to consider taking caution with what you show in your feed, remembering that people in black and brown and other bodies of color have to walk around in this reality and have to see it time and time again online. I understand that we don't need to mince words or soft pedal anything, but that's not what this is about. I'm not talking about making it nicer or more palatable for other white people. I also appreciate, truly, that technology allows us to share the brutal reality of this imagery, and that coverage is important. But I have noticed that it hasn't stopped. Officers don't seem deterred. White women who walk with the same privilege as me don't seem deterred. So when it comes to sharing the agonizing last moments of some mother's baby's life, I kind of think of it like, imagine you had to see photographs of your rapist brutalizing somebody else time and time again in your timeline. 
Imagine you had to see photographs of the parent who beat the shit out of you, doing it time and time again to other people on the timeline. Imagine you had to see the image of the person who mugged you and stole something that was very important to you, doing the same shit time and time again in your timeline. Now, that's just my attempt at empathy, and I can't speak for any person of color, nor would I try to. There is a lot of beautiful memorial artwork out there and a lot of excellent writing that does not mince words about the fact that these racist police officers continue to murder black people and get away with it. We all marinate in white supremacy in this country, regardless of our skin color, and we all absorb some aspect of it. That's an important point, because... And I saw Kiki Palmer talking about this and talking about it really well, that um, that racism poisons black people and it also poisons white people in a different way, but that we are born to it. And I've seen various people writing about this, that we're all born into this and we're swimming in this soup. Somebody wrote that it's like air. You inhale it as soon as you're born. So what that means is that we all make choices based in white supremacy because we've absorbed the lessons from day one. And so you can be a good person and say to yourself, there's some shit that I do that I believe, that I say, ways in which I behave. And I'm not going to a KKK rally, and I'm voting for people who celebrate diverse communities. And I uh, have a diverse friend group, perhaps I have a diverse family, but I still was raised up in this. I still formed in part amidst all of this. And so I find it very freeing personally to acknowledge that and then to go, okay, what can I unlearn? Because I didn't invent this. But I got to look at it. I wrote, I will also offer that for me, what makes me cry and makes me feel the deepest is when I see people sharing stories about folks like George Floyd from when he was alive, helping baptize people in the community, the ways in which he behaved, seeing photographs of him getting to know some snippet of the real person. There is a point at which replaying images of someone's most painful moment of victimization begins to feel like exploitation of someone rendered voiceless forever. If you need black people to be victims in order to love them, there is something wrong with you. That is true if you need them to be victims in your movies, in your books. And it is absolutely true if you need them to be victims in real life. If you're reading this and you're like, fuck you, this is what white people, <laughs> this is what people need to live with. People need to fucking deal with the brutal reality of what white supremacy does. We should play that video over and over and over on every screen in every town square. Helicopters should patrol white neighborhoods blasting that audio at all fucking hours until you fucking change. Well, I have that voice in my head too. There's a part of me that feels that, but I'm white and that's a white voice coming from inside me. That is not Mamie Carthen Till Mobley. 
That's not Leslie McSpadden. That's not Sabrina Fulton. That's not Gwen Carr. And that's not George Floyd's mother who died. I believe it was a year or two ago that his mother died. In the end, George Floyd called out for his mother. I trust he is with her now. The rest of us are still here. So let's take care with what we post. If you're white, remember that your black friend posting that image of Colin Kaepernick kneeling next to that image of George Floyd being murdered is not you posting that image. Nobody's knee is on your neck. And nobody's knee is on mine either. Being checked on shit and just listening has helped me see perspectives I might not otherwise consider, and I offer that in this spirit. I didn't come up with most of that on my own. I was echoing and repeating things I had heard. Different friends, different philosophers, just different people using this vast printing press we call the internet, just talking about people who don't look like me, people I might never meet. Voices to which I would not have access otherwise. If you are looking for places to donate and you're looking on Twitter, for example, check out at National Bailout, at Rices Texas, R-A-I-C-E-S Texas, at Indian Collective, that's N-D-N Collective, Indian Collective. I also love Miri's List. I do work with them. Look at the fucking Audubon Society. They did great work. They talk about anti-racism, not just pro-diversity, anti-racism. Taking a stand saying, no, that is not okay. I am setting this specific boundary. It's the difference between me saying, oh, I like, I like kind people who clean up after themselves versus me saying, I like kind people who climb af- clean up after themselves. I do not like people who come in to a party, take a shit on the dining room table, and leave. Listen, if that's something that's happening in your house and it's not consensual, you need to address that. So in that ridiculous metaphor of sorts, <laughs> my point is, it is important to be specific. It is important to ask for exactly what you want. It is also important to say exactly what you do not want. And that's why it's great to say publicly, I am anti-racist. I didn't understand that. I was like, what? What kind of terminology is that? Anti-racist? Isn't everybody anti-racist? No, actually, no. (laughs) No. Just because you do your best to not be racist does not mean that you have declared yourself publicly anti-racist. In being on social media recently and seeing white people, white people I know, not white people to whom I'm close, thank God, white people I know, just being like, um, I'm an actress, I'm really busy, I have kids, and just not saying a fucking word about what's happening, I guess because they don't want to ruin their grid or their influencer deals. Are you fucking kidding me? How selfish is that? How fucking selfish is that? It takes a minute to repost somebody else's beautiful artwork that says Black Lives Matter. Or that's a Desmond Tutu quote or whatever the fuck. That's the bare minimum. I haven't been out in the streets protesting. 
I think that's really brave. I also understand not doing that because we are in the midst of a fucking pandemic. I haven't trained as a community organizer. I haven't written extensive amounts of letters to Congress people. You know, there's lots of ways to be an activist that I have not been. But social media activism is important. It absolutely is. And I, I, I have to shout out uh, Chelsea Devantes, who's really great, because she posted something about it that I'm looking up right now. Here we go. Chelsea wrote, Chelsea Devantes from New Mexico. She wrote, Here's why posting on dumbass social media matters. If you can't even do that, it's a good sign you're doing absolutely nothing. Do not be silent. Raise your voice. This dumb app is a part of your voice. If you're not speaking up, we are noticing silence is violence. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I want to look at something that um that Max L. Baumgarten, who's super funny, put in my feed. And I appreciate that very much. I mean, he, he posted it. And this is just yet another example of how social media, as Chelsea said, people use their voice. And we get to hear those voices in ways we might not have before. So I'm going to try and find this. Here we go. All right. So forgive me. Uh, I suck at speaking French. <laughs> And this gal has a French name and she spells things the foreign way. <laughs> she says English the, 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 you know, the Euro English way. So I don't know. Maybe she's in Canada. Probably she's in Canada. So her name is, I don't know how to say her name, Mireille Sharper. M-I-R-E-I-L-L-E-C-H-A-R-P-E-R. I'll say it again. M-I-R-E-I-L-L-E-C-H-A-R-P-E-R. You'll find her. Anyway, I don't even know if I spelled that correctly. Whatever. Here we go. <laughs> 10 Steps to Non-Optical Allyship. I'm so glad that Max posted this, reposted this. She writes... Number one, understanding what optical allyship is. Allyship that only serves at the surface level to platform the ally. It makes a statement but doesn't go beneath the surface and is not aimed at breaking away from the systems of power that oppress. And that quote is from Latham Thomas. Number two, check in on your black friends, family, partners, loved ones, and colleagues. This is an emotional and traumatic time for the community and you checking in means more than you can imagine. Ask how you can provide support. I would add, I, I don't think it's particularly helpful to say, I'm so sorry I'm white, or I'm so mad at, I'm so sorry for about white people. Like, okay, do something with it. Say, how may I be of service? Like you would to anybody. How can I help? How can I be of service? Don't put the burden on our black friends to say, tell me what to look at. Tell me where to go. No, no, no. It's easy. Do it yourself. Do a Google. Look. But ask them personally. How may I help you? How may I be of service? And if your black friend is like, no, don't do that. Follow their lead, man. I don't know. Three, be prepared to do the work. 
Understand that coming to terms with your own privilege will not be a pretty or fun experience. It is necessary to feel feelings of guilt, shame, and anger throughout the process. Look, I'm not coming at you as the one white lady to rule them all. I am not the one true ring. Gollum is not interested in me, although he should be. Sexy beast. Um, I've dated versions of Gollum. So I'm coming from a place of like, I have fucked up many times with this stuff. I still fuck up. I misstep. I figure things out. I try to tread carefully. Sometimes I tread too carefully. Sometimes not carefully enough. But sometimes I do okay with it. And that means that I get to have deeper relationships with people. I get to meet more interesting people. I get to live my life and hopefully leave this place a bit better than when I got here in my own small way. So that's what this is about. That's where this is coming from. Okay. Mireille Chaper also says, four, read up on anti-racist works. It is not enough to dislike racism. You need to work towards anti-racism. The following will be essential for you learning. Me and White Supremacy by Leila Saad and How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. Five, avoid sharing content, which is traumatic. Whatever your intentions, it is vital to consider sharing videos of black people being abused and hurt can be both traumatic and triggering for many black people. Avoid sharing the content as it increases also the dehumanization of black people. It's not censorship to just be polite, to have etiquette, to go, okay, that's out there. That's not my place to repost and go, like, you know, but it's there. You can go look at it yourself. Everybody can find it if they need to. If somebody's curious, you can tell them where to go find it. Newspapers can cover it. TV shows, blah, blah, blah. They can do the research. They can look at it. They can put it up there. Sometimes they will edit the fuck out of it because they are propaganda outlets, Fox News, etc. Look, that's not your job. You can look at it, react, and figure out how to be of service. Six, donate to funds and support initiatives. Consider supporting platforms and initiatives which support black people, such as the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Support black-owned funding platforms like Kwanda and sign petitions. Put your money and your pen where your mouth is. Seven, do not center this narrative around yourself. While it is nice, or she says whilst, whilst it is nice that you can relate and empathize, now is not the time to insert your personal experiences into a narrative that isn't about you. This is actually harmful and takes away from the severity of the situation. Leave your ego. Eight, keep supporting after the outrage. It should not take an act of brutality or the vital virality of a situation for you to suddenly show your support. Keep supporting black media, black initiatives, charitable organizations, and continuing your work after the attention has died down. Nine, stop supporting organizations that promote hate. If you read pieces on media platforms that promote hate or fund supremacist and hateful organizations, you are contributing to the problem. Equally, stop supporting organizations that love black culture but fail to speak up on issues affecting the black community. 10. Start your long-term strategy. How are you making a long-term impact or affecting change? Can you mentor a young person? Can you become a trustee for an organization that supports the black community? I call things like this being a superhero sidekick. So you're not the superhero of the story, but you're ready to rock it out Robin style for your own personal Batman. Could you offer your time to volunteer, make the effort to do something valuable over a long-term period? And she offers some ideas for further reading. Um, 
I would say no white saviors on Instagram is a, a very a good place to start. And there are, there are many others. Uh, looking at India Moore, I-N-D-Y-A-M-O-O-R-E, India Moore, a gender non-binary actress, actor, thespian, great resource, shares a lot of stuff. Uh, Asia Kate Dillon, also a a, a non-binary individual, um, actress, actor, thespian human, shares some great stuff. There's just so much out there, and I really want to encourage you to enter this time with a spirit of inquiry and willingness to listen. I love doing this podcast because, yeah, you know, sometimes I get very chatty on it, but other times I do more listening and I get out of the way. The best episodes, in my opinion, are when either it's me letting them go, 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 or it's very much a back and forth. Um, because I figure you don't come here for this. and You don't come here for me, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm cute and fun. But it ain't about me. It's about these conversations. Like, um, it's like, sorry, I had to fix something. Listen, this is what happens when <laughs> you don't have so many technical up in here. So this, I have plenty of opportunities in my life where I get to make it about me. And yeah, of course, I love hosting. I love positive attention, right? But this is a place to have conversations, to learn how people deal with all of this stuff, getting through this thing we call life. And it started March 16th, um, specifically because I was like, fuck it, I need to be able to talk to people during this pandemic. I need to regularly get to talk to people. Maybe I can learn something. And maybe if I learn something, other people would learn something. So perhaps I can be a conduit. You know the brand, selfish altruism. I've talked about it many times. You help people, you help other people, blah, blah, blah. So it helps you. It's a whole thing. Now, of course, and and my hope was that this podcast would become a place where we could talk not just about managing anxiety and fear, and that it, it should never just be tied to coronavirus. It never has been tied just to coronavirus. But that we could talk about how we deal with the stuff of life. And that is what we're here to talk about. And racism is not an outside issue, as we say in sobriety in the rooms. Oftentimes we try not to talk about outside issues. Our focus is on our alcoholism. But so, you know, no, I don't need to hear about your opinion on sports. I don't need to hear about um, who you are voting for for president. We get away from that stuff and we talk about our alcoholism. In this case, you know, as as in, in those rooms, racism is not an outside issue. We've got to talk about it. It's part and parcel of all of it. And that's true here, too. So that's all I got for you. I, I hope this was helpful in some way. Feel free to email me about it, sarah at sarahbenincasa.com. I'm sure I got some things wrong. Uh, Certainly pronounced some things incorrectly. My apologies to that lovely online philosopher lady who seems wonderful and is a writer and editor, I think. Um, Please take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. Please donate to reputable organizations if you... See somebody online who seems very charismatic. They've maybe got a lot of followers. They're famous, maybe. 
We've got celebrity friends. Doesn't fucking matter. Google. Do a Google. See what's up. The organization has a great name, a great logo. And this is true always. This is not just true now. Do a Google. Check out Charity Navigator. Great site. They evaluate. They're sort of like the consumer reports for nonprofits. Check that out. Also, sometimes you're just going to need to put cash directly in people's hands, and that's okay. Make it somebody you trust. One-on-one. There's not a charity nav for individuals, but, you know, if your neighbor needs some money to be able to take the bus to a protest, that's cool. If you have the opportunity at your workplace to all other things being equal among candidates, hire a candidate of color, hire a black woman in an office that doesn't have black women, that's a good thing to do. Again, all other things being equal, your ability to include more people in the discourse on the team at work or however is not tokenism it's a good thing use it because diversity breeds strength it will make your work superior and remember you're listening to an author and a comedian so if you don't like any of this Who fucking cares? This is a free podcast. You can go listen to a different one. You can go listen to somebody smarter. There are tons of smarter people out there. I assure you they are better spoken. They are more eloquent. They have learned more. They are more learned. Uh, Or if you want to listen to dumbasses, you can go do that too. Anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you to all the Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash Sarah Benincasa. Appreciate you very much. Help me keep the lights on. Help me pay. Jonathan who will be back (laughs) very soon. I just wanted to bust this one out real quick. This chat. It's okay to fuck up sometimes, as long as you're not deeply hurting anybody. Like, look, don't, let's not let our embarrassment about potentially sounding like dumb white idiots get in the way of us trying to be better you can apologize you can make an amends you can say oh my god i mean i don't like feeling like a dumb dumb i understand sometimes it's better it feels better to just not not say something just be quiet and listen we do need to listen we do need to listen listening is very 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 important but being silent on your social media mm -mm, that ain't it Also, nobody needs to hear about your cousin who's a really sweet cop and how much you respect police officers. Okay? I don't need to hear it. It is not anti-cop or cop hatred to say, um, our nation's policing system, the way in which we enforce the rule of law, is, is not... It's not spoiled here and there by a few bad apples. The whole fucking pie is made of sour, wormy apples that give everybody diarrhea and IRL result in deaths. That is not to say that your cousin, who's a lovely person, didn't get into policing for the right reasons. It is to say that the way in which we set up systems for policing a long, long time ago and the way they perpetuate themselves is inherently flawed. It is deeply racist. 
And there are better ways. We can look to other countries for other models. We can invent new models. We can even look within, within this country. And we can look at ways in which certain, I say this with hesitation, but certain police forces, certain, certain teams O-Cops have rooted out corruption and are trying to do better. That said, I think that you can fix a leak in the bedroom, but if the roof is full of holes, uh, there's just gonna be a leak in the bathroom. Like, the structure is flawed. So, cops are not set up to be able to truly serve and protect in a way that truly benefits the most people. They're, they're not set up the way. They didn't set up the system. I mean, the people who are police officers today are just enforcing rules that have been in place for a long, long time. You know, laws may change, but policing, the general philosophies that underlie it in this country have not changed in, in centuries. Yeah, there's more technology now. They just allow people to do uh, more targeted and more powerful policing in the same manner in which they've been trained to do it forever. So it certainly does not serve the populace to operate in such a manner. And one of the leading causes of death for black men in this country is death by cop. That is not okay. When we look around globally at, at other countries, we look at how some of them police their countries and enforce laws. In that case, we can look at the United States and just as we look at the U.S. and, and see our astronomically high levels of maternal mortality for black mothers... I think it's safe to say, okay, this isn't normal. It's certainly not healthy. There are people who are much wiser than I. <laughs> Surprise. I encourage you to seek them out. I encourage you to follow at Color of Change on Instagram. I encourage you to get to know. Look at what Trevor Noah has been talking about on his Instagram Start there. You like him. He's funny. He's handsome. Start there. Listen to people who know what the fuck they're talking about. I know some of what the fuck I'm talking about, but I am a white lady who is basically interpreting and, and carrying forward to you, at least in this episode, information that I've, I've heard and seen from writers of color and people of color, specifically black people, generally speaking. Um, go look yourself check out No White Saviors to start read Roxanne Gay our past guest on this program look at what Akila Hughes a past guest on this program is doing listen to her on What A Day Crooked Media's What A Day podcast look at her her Twitter at Akila obviously look at what she's saying and listen. And I've just thrown out a few names. These people will lead you to other people. 
check it out. I mean, to paraphrase Rihanna, if you want to break bread with black people, if you like black people, you got to pull up for black people. Paraphrasing Rihanna, I don't think is something I've done on this show before, but now here we are. All right, I'm Sarah at sarahbenacasa.com. You got something to say, you got comments, feel free to hit me up there. I love you, I like you. Take good care of yourself. Don't post some shit about how you don't agree with looting. Nobody gives a fuck that you don't agree with stealing or looting. (laughs) Don't steal focus. Don't shift the focus from the real deal. Which is that black people built this country for free. And this country has never served them appropriately. And that what we see right now, this current eruption of protest, is not new. And... That you can be, you can, you can be part of the change, which is really cool. You can be part of the change without even leaving your house. How amazing is that? I don't like going outside. Right now, it's not always the best idea. So we can be a part of the change without leaving our homes. And um, I know I've directed a lot of this at, at other white people who are listening. If you are a listener who is not a white person, um, I hope that some of this was, was uh, still useful and interesting. And, um, I mean, you probably already know it. Maybe not. I don't know. Look. I'm not perfect. I'm super flawed, but I'm trying. And I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably trying as well. Let's keep going. Take a deep breath. Because you can. And take good care of yourself. Thanks.